Our lesson today comes from Isaiah, chapter 60. Listen for the word of God. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes, and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense, and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. The word of the Lord. It certainly gets dark early this time of year. When I first moved to the East Coast from Texas, I was fascinated by how many Halloween decorations included lights, which were replaced by Christmas lights, that usually stayed up through Valentine's Day. (laughs) I puzzled over this phenomenon until the end of my first winter here, when I realized how much these lights cut the darkness, a darkness that lasted longer and is deeper than any I had ever experienced. It may be dark here, but imagine living in the little town of Barrow, Alaska, My cousins live in Fairbanks, and I had a chance to visit Barrow one summer, way up in the farthest northern tip of the state of Alaska, above the Arctic Circle. It was daylight all day long then, but this time of the year, in Barrow, the sun sets on the afternoon of November 18th, and it doesn't rise again until January 24th. That means 65 days of eerie darkness because the earth is tilted in such a way that the sun doesn't show itself for over two months out of the year. Imagine what that would feel like, the psychological and spiritual impact of this deep darkness. The prophet Isaiah used the image of darkness to describe the reality of the people of Israel in Jerusalem in 580 BCE when he wrote the words that we've read this morning. Darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. The Jews who had been in exile for almost 40 years had recently returned to their homeland to the devastated region around Jerusalem. They were distraught at what they found. Who wanted to live in a city where the towers had been torn down, 
The economy had failed and nobody knew what to do about it. Though not in physical darkness, their world had fallen into chaos and disorder, and thick darkness had become their reality. Yet against this backdrop, this imaginative prophet declared the coming of the glory of the Lord, which would shine on the land of Judah. What could he mean? Isaiah's powerful words reminded them and remind us today that there is hope when the world falls into chaos and disorder, when the thick darkness of Sandy Hook fiscal cliffs, joblessness, poverty, homelessness, hunger, sickness, and death surround us. Most of us would like God to eliminate the dark, the depressing times of life, But God never promised to take away our darkness. What God did promise was to give us light. Light in the midst of the darkness to help us live in our darkened world. Arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This affirmation is not arrogance but an act of faith to say that God calls us to stir from our own depression as disciples who truly believe that God is with us in Jesus Christ and that we're called as believers to be a light to the world. The light of God has come into our world in Jesus Christ to transform us and our relationship with all of God's people. One of my favorite images of this reality is found in the writing of the theologian Dr. Donald Bailey in his book, God Was in Christ. In this book, his image is that the people of the world are in a big circle, holding hands, and in the center of that circle is the light of God. Abby, will you come help me be the light of God? Oops. Just a minute. But we gotta we gotta hold it carefully, okay, because it's gonna it's gonna get hot. Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Let's do this. Abby's gonna help me. Let's hold it right here. Put one hand there. There and I'm going to hold it here. Right down there. Good job. In the middle of the circle was the light of God. And that light is so bright that it shines into our darkness. And in our darkness, we see the light of God. We behold that light. And as the light shines on you, I see your faces illumined in a way that God intended. Illumined in a way that I see on Christmas Eve when I see the light of God in your hands in those candles. Now, if you turn away from that light 
and look at the walls. Turn away and look at the walls. And what do you see instead of the light? You see shadows. And those shadows become, represent for us the shadows of who we think we are. Not who we are, but the shadows of who we think we are. Distortions on the wall. That's part of our sin. We think that we have God's in us enough to where we know what it's all about. But what we see when we turn away from the light and look only at ourselves is a shadow. The shadow is our sin. The shadow is not what God intends for us. Our light shines in the darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. But we have to continue to look at the light. We become God's light in this world that is so dark with hopelessness and despair. Isaiah urges us to arise and shine. For the Lord will arise on you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. This is because God shines on us and in us so that we can likewise shine. Isaiah doesn't say, arise, reflect, for your light has come. He doesn't say that nations will come to the brightness that bounces off of us because we're standing close to somebody who might be important or because we might think that because we sort of know Jesus, people will come to us. He says that the nations will come to the brightness of our light, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. God's light and love are so intense, so radiant, so holy, and so good that they have a substance all their own, a substance and a righteousness so powerful that we are transformed by it when we open ourselves to living in its glory. We become God's light in this world when we care for one another and when we extend that care to all people. We don't just stand and watch. We do it. We reflect God's glory shining through us in our commitment and our actions, which renounce the evil forces of this world and resist injustice and oppression. We celebrate God's presence when we praise God even in the midst of suffering and uncertainty. 
and we witness to the holiness of God when we live God's love in our everyday lives and look for the light of Christ in all those whom we meet. Once the grace, mercy, and forgiveness of Jesus Christ rise in our lives, they never stop shining, no matter how dark the world gets. Jesus is the light of the world, not just for Christians, but for the whole world. But if this is to be true, it will depend upon us as we receive the light deep within us and then pass it on. May this epiphany season be for you a time when you see ever more clearly the glory of our Savior. And as you live as disciples who have been transformed by the glorious light and love of God for service to this world that God loves so much. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. May it be so. Amen.